When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. is so bad it's good with ryan bailey the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate from the classic reality tv moments of the past and present to the latest daily mail headlines and everything in between we'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching i'm looking at you Jax taylor i'm your host ryan bailey
that what really matters is what you like, not what you are like. Books, records, films, these things matter. Call me shallow. It's the fucking truth. It is the truth, uh, John Kuzak, or at least that's the operating theory that I'm going with in this lifetime. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. How is everybody doing? This is your Thursday episode. Uh, we're coming at you strong again, you guys. What a week it's been. We had to start with little pixies mixed with Marvin Gaye. Sometimes you just got to feel things, you know? It can't be all ba da da oont, oont, oont. It can't. It, sometimes you got to chill. Sometimes... You got to feel the groove. <laughs> you guys, you're so silly. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Uh, this is somebody I've been wanting to talk to for so long. And we finally, I finally got to talk to her. Her name is MJ Corey. You might better know her as her moniker, 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 moniker. Wow, what is going on with my speed? I think I might be having a stroke. Uh, Kardashian Colloquium. And she's just brilliant. I'll talk about more about her in a second, but let's go over some quick stories before we get right into this interview. I actually, you know, I couldn't fall asleep. I was in bed at like midnight, which is unusual for me. And then I was up for hours because I was so excited to talk to my guest today. I woke up early to talk to, to MJ and I was just so excited. And I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, I don't know anything about the Kardashians. Oh my God. And then I was like, wait, you fool. You know a lot about that. You've been covering. Covering the Kardashians for years. Uh, this is kind of a, a treat to me and a treat for you guys since we did cover the entire season of the Kardashians. I thought it would be really cool to have her on. Not a summation, if you will, but kind of just to, to where we are at this point with the Kardashians. And she just is able to uh, break it down in such a beautiful way. I highly recommend following and doing all the things that you need to do to support her. Um are you guys good? Do you need support? How are how are you doing? That's 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 the real question, folks. Uh, thanks for everybody that's subscribing to the YouTube, um, and I really appreciate that. The Patreon members, hello, baddies. We are doing a live Patreon uh, next week. I believe it's the 29th, so sign up for that, where I'll be having a little shindig online. Uh, if you're into the Bravo universe and talking about Bravo and podcasts and all those things, remember Sarah Galley's uh, show is going to be today. I believe it's 5.30. You can go on her page at Andy's Girls and uh, and find all the information for that because she's going to be live streaming that. And I'm going to watch that as well. I'm excited to watch that and see what's up because maybe I'll do one one day if this goes well. If it doesn't, I mean, I don't know. But <laughs> no, it'll go great. And Lisa Barlow is going to be one of her digital guests. So that is incredible. Wanted to give that a shout out. So today, you guys, you have a lot of um, a lot of things trying to pull your attention. Let me just name a bunch of them right off the top. You got Southern Charm premiering tonight. You have Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip to Ex-Wives Club. Now, I have not seen this yet, but the embargo has been lifted, according to Louis Peitzman online on Twitter. And he said some... Um, not great things. Now, we remember, we always want to judge how we feel about something. Um, so this is just one man's opinion, even though I respect this man greatly. But this, we got to find out for ourselves. It potentially reads, and we thought this too, even with the preview, that it might be a little darker or a lot darker than the first season. So I'm very curious. I do know that in one of the first three episodes, Vicki Gunvalson goes on an anti-vax rap. 
which I, uh, you know, it's like, hey, for all you anti-vax listeners, uh, you're going to love Vicky this season. For uh, for everybody that's not, you're going to really continue to think the same way about Vicky. Uh, but I'm excited to watch it for myself. And that's what I love about these shows and these things that we kind of not dedicate our lives to, but really let be the... Uh, you know, the the visual soundtrack to our lives is that it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. I'm still watching it, you know, like, yo, this is this is what called servitude is like I'm I'm in I'm in too deep. I'm not going to not watch Ultimate Girls Trip, too. I think there's only six episodes, so we can do that standing on our back. That's not even a problem. The first three episodes, though, will be out uh, tomorrow. So exciting. Also, Friday coming up, the Elvis movie directed by Boz Lerman. I'm a Elvis, baby. I'm gonna drink. Some, I'm gonna eat some peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> that kind of sounds like Sutton, actually. Uh, I hate when you guys catch on that I'm not the man of a thousand voices I pretend to be. Actually, I just did somebody else's podcast where I had to do a Richard Nixon imitation, like oh, trigger, and I, uh, you know. Listen, I don't think there's going to be a lot of call for me to do Richard Nixon anywhere anyway, so I don't have to worry about being bad at it. <laughs> uh, this is kind of cool if you're a nerd. We had Christina Ariel on uh, on Wednesday's episode uh, from the Star Wars universe, which I love. The Obi-Wan Kenobi um, finale aired today. I watched that. And, uh, you know, it, it with the last two episodes I thought were really, were a lot better than the two previously before that. And the, I thought there were some really thrilling moments in the finale. Also, if you're a geek, Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange movie premiered on Disney Plus uh, today as well. So there are a lot of things begging for your attention in terms of all of these, uh, these shows. Um, Below Deck, I think I mentioned this, did I mention this Yesterday, but well, no, actually, this is new news. So, Blood Deck Down Under, which Aisha was on, who she was on the show last week, uh, it's on Peacock exclusively right now. But then on July 11th, it'll switch to Bravo. So, the entire season will be able to view over on Bravo on the 11th, along with Below Deck Med. So, it's going to be a night of Below Deck every week, which I love. I, I truly love Below Deck. Um, so, that is uh, that's everything that you're going to need to watch coming up even though there's more and more things that get added to this list, it seems like every day. Uh, huge Kardashian news as we lead into the MJ interview. Camelot has fallen, folks. That's right. Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker. Or just Kendall Jenner's guy. Like, I don't even, I don't even sometimes bother to know their names anymore. Just, Kendall Jenner and Unidentified Man have split, according to Entertainment Tonight. The number one name in news. Um, so, but then in the, uh, the statement, it says, a source says, maybe we'll get back together. <laughs> I'm like, what a weird, what a weird addition. So it was like Devin reading this going like the hell I will. I'm not getting no way. I'm out, man. You will not pull me in. Also a lot of Phoenix Suns fans rejoicing because I think they got close to the finals or were in the finals or something and they lost. And, uh, that Kardashian curse got thrown around a lot too. I worry about Kendall. I do. If we talk about her for a second in this interview and it's just like, you know, Kendall, I think is still really on a journey of self-discovery as we all are, but she's richer doing it. So it's, 
um, she's got better tools than us. Remember, like last week's episode, she had all of these uh, really high tech instruments set up in her room. I mean, she had, uh, you know, an oxygen machine. She had one of those things that you can, uh, Michael Jackson used to sleep in. I'm sure she has some kind of defibrillator there. I mean, like, it's just the whole thing is just stocked. Um, I mean, if the pandemic happens again, I'm going straight to Kindles, you know. Um, but they have split up, so that is very sad. But also, we are getting this narrative pushed now more and more. It started off uh, like soft swinging. I was saying it's like uh, soft like soft dating. Like they, they put out the rumor a little bit with Dumois and stuff that potentially uh, Chloe is dating again. Chloe came out and said, no, 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 that's not true. But then we get further rumors that it is supposedly now an investment banker. So very exciting. If any of you guys know which investment banker it is, please let me know. I am dying to know. Cause like, I just would love it to be Warren Buffett or uh, somebody in their older eighties, because you know, that person is solid in themselves and will not, not hurt dear Coco, you know, like, that's what I, I think. That's really, I, I just, I want her to be, I want her to be okay. Also, Chloe will be on the new episode of hot ones. Uh, the amazing YouTube show where celebrities eat chicken wings of varying degrees of spiciness. And I'm really excited to, because I poor Chloe's stomach. She just, she's lost so much weight. The BBL is gone potentially. And I just feel like this could really mess up whatever. Like, you know, it's like after you've been dieting and really eating clean and then to throw a bunch of spicy, spicy, spicy chicken wings. I just, I worry. I worry about the staff at Chloe's this week. This is, I just, it could go, it could go south. Like, I just feel like she could hit like, uh, oh shit, no, that, I'm good. I'm, I feel like I'm dying. Like, I feel like she's like one of those people that's just chugging milk. She's like just sweating profusely. Like, I can't handle this. I need this to stop now. Also, um, this is, uh, this is funny. Justin Timberlake, you guys, he really, he really got nailed. Like, this guy... We really, truly, the internet, especially Twitter, truly hates this man because of Janet Jackson, Britney Spears. There's plenty of reasons. But he was at Pharrell's first annual Something in the Water music festival this weekend. And he he came out on stage and did a couple songs and he did Sexy Back. And uh, he did some dance moves that, listen, like, I... Listen, even these very kind of bad, funny dance moves, I couldn't even do. Like, I couldn't even get to that point. But a lot of people have made TikTok videos and all just of how awkward this dance was. And Justin Timberlake apologized today. Justin Timberlake says he's aware of that and he blame he's had a talking to. He talked to his left foot and his right foot and he apologizes and it'll be better. I gotta tell you, man, I think like he obviously has a huge ego, so he's probably not bummed out, but I would be so bummed out. Like I I would be so bummed out if the entire internet said I was a, like, I already know I'm a bad answer, but if you get that confirmed by the entire internet, I don't know. Like, I, I just wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be making apology videos. I would want to cut my feet off and never, never dance again. That's, <laughs> I don't think that's, that's not too extreme. Is it? That's normal. Um, what else is there? If there's anything else today? Uh, I think, yeah, we got, I think that's it. Let's just, Oh wait, actually, no, that's not it. Kristen Doty, you guys. Kristen Doty, uh, if you follow her online, she was a former cast member of Vanderpump Rules, which starts shooting again in two weeks. Um, and her and her boyfriend uh, split up. And it, there was another one of her, like a whole stories of her moving out of their house together. And she was sad and crying. And, you know, it always, I, I, listen, that is so 
heartbreaking for anybody that ever has a breakup, you know exactly what that is. But then I was like, it's so interesting that we know these people or think we know these people because of reality shows. Cause I thought my first thought was like, man, how many times have I seen Christian move out of places? You know, she had the moving out of Tom Sandoval's. I think she lived with Carter for a bit. I think, you know, and it's just like, man, like, I know I don't know her personally, but I was like, damn, let's, how, how, man, I hope we can finally, like, meet the right one, you know? And then it's just weird because this person isn't even on the show. And then sometimes, like, should I even talk about this? You know, it's like, they're not even on the show, but at the same time, you're still, like, kind of, like, interested in their life even without the show. It's very interesting. I the same thing like on Jackson, Brittany to a degree, but that's more comedically than anything else, you know? Uh, so uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Kristen Doty. Uh, and you guys, uh, let's get into our guest because I'm just so excited to uh, have you listen to her. Uh, she has created the popular TikTok and Instagram account called Kardashian Colloquium. Um, also, Between Two Salads is a great interview show uh, with her uh, that I believe her and her sister produce on YouTube talking to some really amazing internet people, long-form interviews that I just truly love. Uh, also, her Patreon, uh, which you can sign up for at her Instagram or TikTok has just kind of dissection of all of these articles and uh, or dissection of the Kardashians and these beautiful articles. I just truly admire people that kind of elevate this material or actually uh, make it easier to um, why we should appreciate this material. Maybe that's the correct way to say that. You know, it's like it's easy to write these ladies off. It's easy to write reality shows off. It's easy to write this art form off. But I love people like MJ who actually... Um, kind of uh, makes us understand why we're drawn to it in a way and uh, gives terms and a language that we can use to talk about this in an intelligent way. And I truly love that. So this was a real gift for me. And I hope you guys really dig this because I definitely want her to come back uh, if she's willing. So uh, you guys, I hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll do Friday. Remember Beverly Hills Friday where I just lose my shit every week. Uh, but without further ado, oh, also I forgot to mention that in the end, she does all these recaps on Vogue too. Go check out all, all her Vogue articles if you want uh, uh, her ideas about more ideas about this season of the Kardashians. Like, got Vogue. I like just a little magazine called Vogue. I am so proud to present our guest MJ Corey from Kardashian Colloquium. Welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Today we're talking to somebody that I have been wanting to talk to for a long time now because. Uh, as we talk about on this show every week, I am fascinated, fixated on the Kardashians. And it's not the kind of fixation where I have extreme love. My feelings for them are very complicated, but I think it is uh, a form of ignorance to not pay attention to them, especially if you love pop culture, but also if you love business, if you love sports, if you love, they touch every aspect of what it's like to be an American, a business person, so many things. And our next guest actually kind of helps break this down uh, from a different angle. She uses an academic lens. Uh, and I hate to say academic because some people kind of tune out what it, it actually makes it more fascinating and actually gives a reason behind some of our feelings. Uh, and sometimes you guys know, I will scream and shout and I will be very reactionary of very basic things like a man cheating on a woman or something like this. But this takes it so much deeper. And I just can't wait to get in this uh, all this with her. Uh, she has the uh, Kardashian Colloquium, uh, the, the Instagram account, the huge TikTok account. 
the YouTube Between Two Salads, which is an excellent <laughs> interview show. Uh, I mean, there's just so many. I know there's going to be a book. I know there's going to be a, a movie, a TV series. <laughs> MJ, Corey, welcome to the show. That was such an amazing intro. That was a really good description of what I do, honestly. not pe- People don't always get it, so I really appreciate that. Um, I... Like the Kardashians, one thing I've observed of their brand or their whole project is that they increasingly like to bridge the highbrow, the elite, whatever, with the everyday. Um, And that's what, and so in a way, I think I almost mirror that with my work because I'm trying to bridge, um, you know, the ivory tower of academia, the the, um, high brow theory that's kind of not always so accessible with the everyday and I think they're great examples of ways we can like deconstruct anything um using ideas that are sometimes difficult to understand like I've been learning more about academic frameworks and they make more sense to me by using the Kardashians as examples so anyway that was a great description of what I do it's it's uh my buddy uh went at the art institute of Chicago and I spent a summer doing performance art with him and I remember just hanging out with academics and just the verbiage they would use and like I'm quoting Foucault here and I'm doing this (laughs) and and it's a very it was a very alienating summer but at the same time it was really fascinating because then it almost gives you these things to push forward with in terms of your own personal thought and it actually like it's interesting when it spills over into pop culture and entertainment, but like you just said, the Kardashians are a brand and it's been, I mean, would you consider this the first family to ever market them like a family as a brand? That's a really interesting way. Uh, that's a good question. I want to do more research, of course, in the of the history of reality TV, the history of American marketing, all of that. That's stuff I have yeah. to do, especially when I write a book. But I will say they are probably the most effective family doing it now, you know, and they're doing it in really innovative ways that I believe are very influenced by Kanye. Like I want to call the era we're in right now, the Donda era, the Donda era of publicity, because (laughs) it's a whole new experience. The Kardashians already use their TV show to market. Their shows are essentially home movies um, that merge with infomercials. Um, so they were already doing that, but I think Kanye really saw their potential, saw that they were entrepreneurial and very new media oriented and helped them elevate. And so what we're in right now, this Donda era of publicity has really served the promotion for their new show, the Kardashians. So all of this experiential marketing is something very new, I think. It is interesting though, too, even to think of the Kanye perspective, because you know, emotions were involved and you sometimes get the spurned mm-hmm. lover, but I brought you to the mountaintop. I yeah. taught and crit, you know, like, you know, even the stuff when he'll go off on Chris at certain times when he's, you know, not feeling well and he'll be, you know, like, you know, the best to ever play it. The best. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting to think about somebody co-opting somebody else's brand yes. or being able to like learn these superpowers and then to almost use it more effectively yes. than the person that taught them. Yeah, honestly, I'm working on a piece right now that's kind of been killing me inside. It's been so much work, Um, but that's my essential thesis, like spoiler alert, like it's kind of that Kanye did um, elevate them, kind of show them the way or or just help them expand. Um, And now Kim is kind of the one flying and, and, you know, (laughs) it's interesting. I love your work too, because like I said, I can be very opinionated with my memes. I can be very silly. I, I, I can play an idiot very well. And I'm, I'm, I love to do that. Um, but you, I also noticed like, you know, like you won't make these kind of grand, like this is horrible. This is bad. <laughs> they're, they're lying to us. The time frame did not happen. You know, mm-hmm. there's almost, um, 
it's not an emotional reaction. You really do have that lens on it that almost separates you from it. Do yes. you ever get emotional uh, watching these things, especially studying them so much? Like to me, it's love hate with them where yeah. I'm like, yeah. I see what you're doing, but come on, you guys, do you ever get that way? Great question. <clears throat> there have been times there have been times where I've had a reaction, of course. I'm trying to think of examples right now. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, like yeah. the good American segment. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. They're there. I don't expect anything from them, like in any kind of like moral way. You know what I mean? So they don't disappoint me because I think they're capable of pretty much anything. Um, I find them the most interesting to look at in like a philosophical way of the construct of what they do. The fact that their show more and more, the bigger they became, the higher they scaled, it became a reality show about a reality show. So all the dimensions of what they do and their manipulations that kind of scaffold these multiple realities are kind of what is what is most interesting to me. So it's not about them as people. To me, they're like holograms. Um, so it's very, that is where I do get a little bit um, abstract in my thinking about them. But there have been times where it's penetrated emotionally, like the end of the Paris episode when there's, um, you know, an emotionally manipulative montage of Kim and the family and the beautiful song. I think it was called Paradise by Jeremiah. I'm pretty sure um, those things will get through. Um, so it's interesting for me. I, my day job is in counseling. I'm a psychotherapist by day. And so what you're trained to do is is not over um, invest in your client and their emotions and their lives and, and like react to them in a really intense way, but you do know it, you know, it wouldn't be healthy. Be bad. You're like, I'm under your, yeah. Chloe, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, exactly. I would be a horrible psychotherapist. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you do, you are trained to notice when you have reactions and it's called counter-transference. So I have had moments of counter-transference, I guess, with what I see. Um, but then I always try to um, use that as data to understand what did they just do there? What was the impact? What was the effect? Why did it happen? And to your point earlier about the emotions that are kind of still enmeshed in the Donda era. So there's a lot of constructs of publicity, but then there's still genuine, genuine seeming drama of Kanye being upset and the Twitter meltdowns and then Kim's responses. Um, my partner always says, Michelle, like you are always analyzing the engineering of what they do, but sometimes life is just life. And these are rich people on a high, you know, big global scale and it's all visible to us, but it's people genuinely reacting to each other sometimes. And that's true too. Like, it's not like Kanye's latest Twitter meltdown is necessarily to promote Yeezys and then to help Kim promote her show, but it still has that impact. Um, that's where there's a interesting tension between the engineering that is so precise and so uh sophisticated but then the high scale of their genuine drama and how robust it is and how how engaging it is so i get why people have emotions about them i just well, don't it's it really is beautifully operated almost yeah. operatic and cinematic in terms yes. of like their lives now which i find just fascinating if you start off if you watch those old episodes where it was a 30 minute sitcom or yes. even kim you know the big break was a carl's jr commercial she had to come back for vegas yes. for and now to see the balenciaga of it all to see the vogue to see the si to see and you made this interesting point too of you know not only kim kept presenting that she was 40 but also yes. kim presenting as an underdog and yes. i don't think you could ever make an argument in the last eight years that kim's been an underdog you yes. know like that's where they started from not now but i love how they reframe things to almost push yeah. a narrative that yeah. is like 
wait a sec, you guys, let's not like, this isn't a, I don't know the, the narrative sometimes. And we, we lap it up, we eat it up, we buy yeah. it. But at the same time, we also get very angry at it because we yes. know something's off. I find that yes. so interesting. Do you ever wonder what Chris Jenner in terms of this organization, this massive scaling is, do they have a calendar where like Kim is on red, uh, Chloe's blue, and she marks up a calendar? Like the things that each launch, like to this week, we got the skin. We also got yeah. the rumor potentially about Chloe with an investment banker. Yeah. Next week, we might have Kindle pushing, I don't know, some weed company. Like yes. what, the organization, how do you even imagine they do this at this point? Um, totally. Um. I really want to collaborate with a data analyst that can help me track their media behavior and like almost see the surges and see yeah. what, you know what I mean? And, and actually in a conversation with um, Sammy Sage of Betches once, she oh, said, I love Sammy. And she's great. And yeah. she was like, it would be so interesting to track the economy of the Kardashians and see how they've impacted the American economy and how it all plays out because it's, it's very enmeshed with our world and, they don't ever, um, well, they flood us. And when they do controversial things that actually hurt them, then they cope by flooding us with content. They don't do the thing that sometimes people do of pulling back. They just flood with more activity, you know, and more drama to kind of like um, disorient us from overly focusing on whatever isn't serving them. Um, but I think it would be fascinating to opt like visit, like visually see how they kind of. Oh yeah. I mean, cause you know, I mean, I, I just find it very, uh, I mean, all of it to me is very interesting. And that's why I even, like yeah. I said in the beginning and you've said in your articles, I don't take anymore that like, uh, stop talking about them. Don't, why, why are you even yes. giving them like, dude, if you're into what I'm into, there's nobody doing it at this level. There's nobody yes. doing it. Like, I, I don't care if you don't like them, but you've yeah. got to pay attention because it touches yes. everything else. Um, just personally, I was thinking about you in particular, though, because you brought up like holograms and almost there's a very um, unreal like quality now where yeah. it's almost like, is this a dream? Um, yeah. But I then wonder when you put yourself into it and you're starting to get a low level fame or recognition from this. You <laughs> are starting to have an Internet presence. You are starting to have to plan out things. How Truman Show is it getting for you in terms of, and you have a deeper um, respect for them in terms yeah. of how they handle their social media presence? Yeah, um, that's a really interesting question, too. It's very philosophical, and that's where I'm most interested in them. So I think there could be, if I keep plugging away with all this, there could be a place I get to. My goal is to be a writer. So I always feel comfortable with what I'm doing with them because I have different goals than them. And so that's where I feel like the boundaries are comfortable for me. If I had similar aspirations as Kim had of fame, notoriety, branding, marketing stuff, it would be kind of scary, honestly. But because I know my goal is to be a good therapist and then also to be a successful writer, I want to be a writer. Um, it feels like it will diverge, but it is interesting that I think we'll look, we'll look back on my trajectory and see some parallels because it was still a social media um, landscape that I was navigating and the Kardashians are the original influencers who have kind of created the map of this landscape that we all <laughs> struggle on now. Um, for example, I had a really hard, I was kind of an underdog by talking about them. A lot of people were suspicious of what I was doing. I, I still get a lot of shit for, for, for what I do um, and a lot of misunderstandings of it. But finally, Vogue took a chance on me. 
I was trying to be right. Oh, I forgot to mention the Vogue articles. <laughs> Guys, she re- every every episode of the ten episode season, she had a Vogue article out there the next day that you got to check out. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and Vogue was really great, actually, about letting me slip in my like philosophical. So there's like little nuggets in every um, article. <laughs> Vogue's like, I do not need this philosophical argument. Tell me if they're pretty or not. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They did a good job. They, were, they would let me yeah. put my little things in. But the fact is, um, Vogue has a, helped me legitimize as a writer in, a, in the same sense that they legitimized Kim. So that was not intentional. Vogue was just the only place that took a chance on me because a very generous follower connected me to them when they saw that I was having a hard time as an underdog. But there's like that narrative. So unintentional, but it happened. Um, and then in terms of the uncanniness of reflecting or processing what they do on social media when they are social media and all the levels that I'm like trying to break down that they give us, there's been these funny moments like... Um, I talked to, I, I've got a friendship with Natalie Franklin of Nori's Black Book, who I know. You I love Natalie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Natalie's hilarious. And um, seeing her on the show was so trippy <laughs> for me. It was yes, so trippy because totally, yeah. I identify with her as a fellow, you know, person. Creator member. and, the, yes. you know member of the Kardashian economy, content economy, and as a friend, and then seeing someone I knew who does similar, you know, consumption of their content and then output of takes on their content on the show, interacting with them was wild. And also because at that time I was also doing recaps of the show on my Instagram. So it's like, now I'm going to recap a show (laughs) that that, that shows them breaking the fourth wall. Cause by having Natalie in the show, it broke Natalie was a liaison between the fans and the show. Like she was a representative of all of us. So it was just, yeah, those moments, but I like it. It's fascinating. That's the little sweet spot of weirdness that I like about all of this. Well, I had, yeah, I had her on the week she was on the uh, Kardashians and I had her on a bunch of times, but I was just like, what are you, did you de- defect? Like, are you going over <laughs> there? They, like, cause that's the other thing too, is that I think it's almost a brilliant move where I start uh, being not paranoid, but I start thinking like Chris Jenner of like, we gotta, we gotta get in Nori's black book. We yes. gotta get not skinny, not fat. We yeah. gotta get them in the fold. So they love us more than anything that they will ever criticize or point out. So yes. we can use those in potential things of like, why yeah. wasn't Astro World brought up this season? Why yes. wasn't this, you know, I always think, is this an attempt to distract or is this genuine appreciation for, for an art? Like Benny drama was a couple yes. weeks ago on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I loved seeing Benny drama on there. He was so poised and he was a star. He handles like, celebrities really well. Like he just, yes. it's like not a thing. Oh yeah. No, he's going to actually, I mean, he's, he's on his way. I think he's going to actualize into like, you know, whatever his thing is. But um, what it was interesting about him in that episode was I actually got the strong sense that Courtney was nervous and a little destabilized by the fourth yes. wall shatter. Yes. Oh my right? God. <laughs> Wait, that, by the way, we talked about that all season. You guys is that their new thing on Hulu is that they break that fourth wall, yes. which they've kind of wa- like stumbled in awkwardly. Like Kindle came in hot immediately. Like yes. she was, way she was like, Hey guys, <laughs> yeah. I was sick this episode and we've never I seen her to be this animated. And she yes. was like, so I'm like, Kindle, calm down. You're all right. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but like Courtney's the same way. I was like, I don't want to be here. You got like, you could tell there's like this, this, yeah. uh, this breaking of, and you can tell her as a person it actually yes. shows who she is as a person a lot more by the uncomfortableness in breaking that. Whereas Kim yes. really good at it. Yeah. Kim, Kim is a master of it. Um, for sure. She, she's, I always say Chloe is like the MC of the family in a dynamic sense where um, she's really good at providing almost like the connective narrative tissue, like whatever a scene needs, like when the, she's able to bring in the joke or kind of like almost 
show like explain to the cameras without acknowledging the cameras and pre- the previous show like when it was more like a sitcom she was good at like narrating what was happening so the viewer could like feel oriented you know but kim was really good at the weirdness of like looking right at us and like talking to us and calling us out a lot there was a lot of like um, oh this this you last it you got you trolls first yes. off and then there was the scene that was set up that was supposedly the day after the tristan thing where she was yes. like we're not going to take it, you guys. And Chris yeah. was like, she's not going to take it, you guys. <laughs> and we're like, well, that's a great message that you've come up with three months after the actual date that you says this is happening. So it's yes. a warning on top of a lie. And it, it's very interesting, the timeline of everything involving well, them. Mariah Smith is really good. She had a column called Keeping Up with the Continuity Errors. Yes. Yes. Another member of the Kardashian content economy that I really respect. I'm not so good at the timelines and the logistics, but you're right. It was, it was like you said, um, a call out on top of a liar. And, and I noticed that Kim had a kind of sub narrative through the whole season of like calling, you know, a, a, a reclamation of power, even though there's nothing to reclaim because she is a billionaire now and like drives <laughs> media. But that was a big thing for Kim. Like the first episode of this uh, burn them all to the ground thing with wanting, you know, it was a demonstration of a willingness to get litigious like about the sex tape, whether that sex tape drama was real or not. I have no idea. But what I found interesting was this um, very billionaire litigiousness of like, I will sue and destroy anyone that like tries to undermine what I want my thing to be now. Um, and so that was interesting. All the direct camera, like, and then in terms of the fourth wall breaking and speaking to us like that, because there's been a, like I said, like, I think it's a sub, I think the, burn them all to the ground was a subtweet, but then there were direct, like people like conflict. So like, it's the whole nature of a reality show is watching people engage in conflicts and then resolve them. But this time they were using the fourth wall to almost initiate conflict with us. They knew we were going to argue with that of like, we have a right to talk about Chloe or whatever. So it's just plain, you know, well, yeah, no, I mean, and I, I find, uh, that that it was another thing of Kim reframing something that yeah. like she said I, I hey I I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop apologizing for my sex tape this is something I did with somebody I was in yes. love with and this is and and that was a you know kind of essentially different than what she had been saying like a decade ago or anything like that so it is interesting to see in terms of yes. progression um but there is a coldness I always notice with Kim um yeah. and almost a not robotic because she's really one of the nicer ones in terms of if you meet her in person, she'll stop and take a picture with anybody. She'll be always a smile. She even points out how professional she is multiple times this season in particular of I'm sick, but I will still shoot in a bikini. And this is my, I'm lucky to be here, but I still, there is a, but I'll cough on everyone along the way. (laughs) That's what I was like. I like 40 people died in the making of this sports (laughs) illustrated literally this glory. And then, you know, she almost fools me where I'm like, we did it. We got the S like, I almost <laughs> feel like this is some victory for me that we did yes. this. And then I'm like, wait yes. a sec. She's just looks great in a bikini. Yes. This is not different than all the other times she looked great in a bikini. Yeah. I just, I get so confused because yes. they, like you said, the commercial of it all, like we had a good American commercial one episode. Yep. We mm-hmm. had uh, a push candle uh, one episode. Yep. We had uh, Kylie's offices highly featured. Uh, unfortunately, Kindle doesn't have a lot going on. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm saying yeah. like, each one yeah. gets their little commercial arm, but the star of yes. the season was Kim. So I feel like she gets all of the, she takes almost all a lot of the bullets yes, uh, she does. for the sisters. And I think she wants it that way, but 
you mentioned, sorry, I'm just going all over the place because I'm Let's so excited. Yeah. Chloe, uh, you mentioned her as the uh, narrator a lot of the times yes. or even in the past, but has she lost the um, title of reliable narrator because mm-hmm. we've seen how she um, treats her own self in terms of love, in terms yeah. of, you know, like I almost feel like then it's like, well, we can't really go with you as a narrator because I don't know if you see things clearly as we do, and it, which is a bizarre thought to have. Yeah, the idea that her credibility, I mean, I think that was what they were really fighting the whole season is Chloe's credibility being, or actually, no, I think they're fighting this in season 20 of keeping up of Chloe's credibility being damaged by her choices with Tristan. I think she's taken, Chloe has taken a lot of hits for the family too, in a, in a different way where like, for example, they all get plastic surgery, like obviously, but Chloe, like we know, you know, we know what she's been, we kind of have a sense. Only of the nose, MJ, only the nose, it's <laughs> right. only the nose, yeah. And like, and so my sister and I had this conversation that we, it's called Chloe's face actually. And it, we kind of determined by the end of it that like Chloe is like the seam that keeps the family t- and their stories together in a way. Cause she like, kind of like, how do I explain this? Like. She'll take the falls that are needed for whatever given thing. So the best example, I guess, is the Kardashian season, this first season. It sucks. The Tristan thing sucks. I think she's, I think she's emptied out. I think she's tired. I think she's over it. I think there's real fatigue. You can like see and feel it from her. Um, But they need that, that, that was the finale of the whole season. They needed genuine, authentic drama and they got it with her. How Nothing, would they? Yeah. Th- what if that didn't happen? I'm just like, that's what I keep thinking yes. of. Like, wait a sec. What if that didn't happen? What was yes. going to be the finale? Was it SI cover? Like, what was right. the finale if it wasn't that? Because yes. that was the most dramatic thing of the entire season, potentially even regarding yes. Kanye. Yes. And like, would it have been, would it have fallen off to Kanye then? Would it have fallen off to. Right. Like what is, and, then I'm like, was that planned? Did Chris know? Did Chris yes. put it out at a certain time? Like it, I start thinking weird things. Like did Chris like stage like the girl that like Tristan went to, to, to cheat with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's like, just, just, just uh, tell Tristan you're going to come over for his birthday. Believe me, he'll say yes. He'll say <laughs> right? yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I've wondered that before. I even wondered also with the beginning of the season, like how, how would they have started this if they didn't have the epicness of SNL as like you generating, you know, excitement in the beginning but i think whatever they would have ended on um kanye drama would have been more robust more viral more exciting but they protected kim and then it went on chloe and even though i think this is something that she doesn't want to have broadcast the show needed it and they she even uh, participated in building suspense for it so like there's confessionals where she's like everything's great right now or whatever like that. And that you was know, conscious. she's filmed, wait, and you yes. know, she filmed those confessionals after she already knew what happened, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So that's really taken one for the team and for the sake of narrative, like they, they are what I will always say about the Kardashians. And this is probably also my draw to them. It's not just the, like the hyper reality of that all intrigues me of what they do, but it's that I will confidently say, I think they're some of the best storytellers of our time maybe the best storytellers of our time they are great authors of narrative and people always say they know how to control the narrative all that but it's hard to write a good as a writer i can't write fiction because it's hard to write a good story they are good at the arc they're good at the hero's journey i think and i think they're getting better and better if you look at keeping up with the kardashians the last iteration uh i was very frustrated by the last four seasons because what we would get i always said if they had wanted to 
they could make not only uh, the best reality show, they could make a best long form documentary that would be Oscar considered every year if they actually told the full truth and showed everything. But what we would get in keeping up with the Kardashians, I believe would be 5% reality of like the thing that we knew, but like, okay, we get to see a little peek and then 95% of Chris playing with a mime or Scott doing a scene with MJ because he plays ball with everybody. Like, ah, let's do this. I want to be in the show. (laughs) You know, like I I thought that, and so this was almost, it's still them, but it's almost a little bit more refreshing. I almost even took the, not, I did take the bait in terms of, yeah. I like the little breaks. I like that they're trying something different. I like that even yeah. in a good American commercial, it wasn't Chris being forced to play around with a mime as a, yes. a joke plot or like the art yeah, vandalay yeah, yeah. of it all, you know? It, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I appreciated that different form because even though it was a lot of people were complaining in my comments, I noticed like they cut so many things out. Like there's no drama anymore. They aren't showing us. I think there is... It, there is the docu series re, like uh, element of it that we're seeing how they live as reality stars and as whatever you want to call them, like these influencers that they are. Like we we did get insight into not really how it's actually like what how these contracts are going down, but we're seeing the reality of their lives that that's not so like gimmicky. Um, Chris loves a mime. I think there's like even like a literary analysis to do of her love of mimes. Probably um, <laughs> she's so consistent with it, and it's like such like an archetype somehow. Um, but yeah, like what do what do mimes mean in Chris Jenner's life? Like I feel like it's some point like when chris was a little girl in san diego with mj there was like a mime that like it like it was just weird that was like formative um well the thing about mimes is kind of interesting and this is just like the tip of the iceberg really is that they are um communicating things really well non-verbally so through optical through image through gesture and so the kardashians are really good at conveying a lot and telling the story with actually like very little substance you know like they yeah, speak simplistically yeah, yeah. and that makes it really easy to get the gist of what they're doing and re- be reproduced in headlines. So this, we could probably get like use the mind. I know. I was like, like <laughs> let me, hey, let me fire up my joint really quick. And yeah, I, exactly. let's get back into this. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about the universe? Yeah, no, like yes. you're, you're right though, because that's why, this is why I love talking about them because you can even think globally, yes. you can think like in terms of America, when you say yeah. like, you know, America, you could potentially argue is a lot of image now and there's no yes. there, there. Yes. And you know, like it's very scary and even to your point earlier about um these these lies i mean we all tell ourselves lies in our own personal lives yeah we see chloe potentially telling herself lies or even telling the public lies in terms of just body image because we know she's had more done than her nose and i know a lot of that is her hard work working out even though yes watching her lift weights was very painful and she's probably gonna get hurt um is that she said in an interview, I think with Amanda on not skinny, not fat, I'm saying something like, um, uh, listen, it really hurts when people say I've got a face transplant or something like that. Mm-hmm. I totally understand the sentiment of getting hurt when somebody taught I've, I've been made fun of for certain aspects of my body at times and mm-hmm. all like it sucks. Yes. But I always don't understand why if Chloe is a rational, the rational one to go like, but I understand why everybody if you look at my face throughout yeah. the ages. I can totally see where people would understand that. Like it's a shocking change. Yeah. I just even wonder like, but that almost makes me think about America too, because it's like, we now are taught just push the lie. Just don't ever go back from the lie. Don't ever go back from the lie. Just push and people will believe you forward. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot there. So one thing is um, sometimes when they say those things, it feels like it betrays 
or reveals a misunderstanding of what it, it's weird because it's like they're so good at what they do you can't be as good as at what they do without understanding what you're doing and the the engineering that got you to this like high scale of being able to control media the way they do because they really can't drive media at this point media needs them more than they even need like yeah completely. you know for sure but then there are these moments where they're they seem genuinely like flummoxed when there's pushback sometimes that's what i think this whole you know season there were so many subjects does not compute does not right? compute yeah and it's like this is what got you got you guys have to know it's what got you to where you are you you also bait controversy so that's going to come with feedback you don't like so i'm always that's where i'm confused sometimes like um how they really feel about us because we're they triangulate with us that's what i wrote in one of my vogue columns like when kim gave us the neutrals making chloe feel bad thing it's kind of like, okay, so she was unwilling to triangulate with Chloe and Tristan. The whole conversation was, when do I get involved? Do I get involved? But now you're you're ready to talk and push back, but at us, not at any, you know, Tristan, the bad guy in the situation, at the audience for having reactions to it. And, you know, I don't have any opinion one way or the other about Chloe taking him back again and again, like, whatever, but... Come uh, on, you don't have one of You don't have a little piece of yourself that's not <laughs> academic, that's completely reactionary, that's like, what the hell, girl? Like, if this was your sister, or if this was yeah. somebody like, you've got to have some tiny piece of yourself that is enraged. I'm so <laughs> enraged. sorry. I'm so sorry to give you the answer there, but like, no, there's not fine. a part of you that's like, whoa, like, there is I don't a, even whoa, get it. It's a real, it's like a, whoa, that's, um, you know, like, what's going on with the self-esteem of course like there's like a psychological like question about it there's and if i were to engage on a content a kind of analysis like that a reaction it's sort of like okay so close he was dating a woman who was pregnant with yeah, his kid yeah. right that, so i, I have always, I, I always get that dude that in twitter if yeah. i ever stand up for chloe you're yes. like well where it's always the jordan wood stuff or yes. it's like well where was she when she stole tristan from his family and stuff. <laughs> folks summer is just around the corner so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees now i wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune and luckily i found quince now i have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef? 
homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Okay, you guys, here is my favorite part of the show is when I get to talk about who is sponsoring us this week, and it is our good friends at Dame. Uh, Dame is this amazing company. I think you know them. In fact, when I was on Sheena Shea's podcast, Shenanigans, we actually did a Dame commercial together uh, because she and Sheena actually uses them. So it's like they're amazing. So Dame is their daily wellness products for pleasure intimacy and connection. Uh, we're all adults here, so we can talk about adult themes. And also, this is not something that any of us, especially women, should ever be ashamed of. Uh, now, Dame, they sent me a couple products and they are like, I, I've taken them out. I have them right here. Uh, and they are cool as hell. Just in the design alone, the bags that they come in, uh, you can plug these things into your computer to charge. I mean, this thing really like little pieces of art, but, um, let's talk about it. So they sent me a couple things. And, uh, the first one they sent me, um, is called, uh, Eva. And let's be honest, sex is better when everyone is enjoying themselves. I, you, I mean, I a hundred percent agree. And that's why Dame products designed Eva. It is the first hands-free vibrator for couples. You can boost your pleasure and connection for all with this little toy that will not get in the way. And you can use the exclusive Exclusive code so bad today for 15% off site wide. Um, sharing pleasure during intimacy not only feels good in your body, but it can increase your emotional connection. It can decrease your stress levels so you can take those good feelings with you throughout the day. But in order to get there, even the most sexually motivated couples can benefit from strategically. Uh, a strategically placed buzz. Enter Dame Products. Dame Products designed its hand-free toy, Eva, specifically for couples. It nestles close to the body and stays put with just a finger so you and your partner can focus on intimacy. Designed to enhance, not distract, from pleasure. Eva is your sex life's new best friend, so what are you waiting for? Just add this toy into the mix. Discover new layers of pleasure you can share, plus sex you will look forward to. This is that you can't see this, but it is, I don't know if you can hear this. Can you hear that? Is that picking up at all? This thing has like four different speeds and it is, I mean, it's like, but it's like this really cool looking product. It looks like a, like a, like it's really the design of it is amazing. And then they also sent me this other thing called Air, A-E-R, and this is a solo product. Uh, so if you don't have a partner, if you're not looking to have a partner, this thing is for you. Um, it can improve the quality of your sleep, help you de-stress, relieve pain, and give you that lit from within glow as you go about your day. This air is a suction vibrator from Dame Products. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. Uh, Dame's air creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around the clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Not only is it perfect for beginners, it's also waterproof and features five intensities and five vibration patterns uh, so you can explore what works for you. Uh, this is another, how do I, I turn this on? Oh yeah, do you hear that? Like that is insane. Dude, like that's, 
wild. Uh, another really cool looking one with a cool case. Uh, the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. So this day, like they're looking to satisfy you one way or the other. This is an insanely cool company. Uh, Dameproducts.com has it all. It is really just so classy. This website, it, it's like you can go find your vibe. You can click on that. It tells the best sellers, the shop. It is really just, I can't, you know, it sounds a little weird me talking about it, I'm sure, but you got to go check it out because it's just really classy. And I, I really got to say, this is something as you grow up, be able to pleasure yourself. This is not something to be ever ashamed about this. Be as sex positive as you can. And these are safe uh, safe things that are just kind of amazing and enhance your experience. Uh, also, they gave me sex oil, and uh, it's an all-natural full-body massage oil formulated with arousing ingredients. Uh, sandalwood, love that. Seed oil, uh, sand yeah, sandalwood, cardamom, that all, uh, uh, ingredients, jojoba seed oil, kava kava root, melatonin, and damiana. Melatonin? Melatonin's my best friend. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna drink this. Uh, but you guys, Dame, but I need you to do what I said to do earlier. Just go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site wide. That's code so bad to take 15% off your order at Dame Products. Don't dameproducts.com. Um, always just go check it out, even just for the show to show people that they, that you guys are, you're listening and it's worth advertising on this show, but this is a really cool product and the price point is cool. And I think it would be a really nice gift for yourself, uh, honestly. So now back to the remainder of our show. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. And I'm like, you know, I think at this point we could all go like, I think Tristan might have egged that relationship on just for as much sure. as Chloe did, you know? No, Tristan is very eager for those cameras, I think. I think Tristan is really into the Kardashian thing, um, for sure. I just, sometimes if I were to really like, be like this about it i'm kind of like that's <laughs> like how, how it starts if i would be how, like you about it no, I would, no, yeah. I well no it's more just like okay like let's do it let's go there um i think relationships and and the way that they started and it wasn't didn't start in a great way as far as the jordan stuff yeah i get a lot of those comments too i don't really react to them but i will say the same way that i have like politically incorrect views of like side chicks and loyalty and stuff like that because like that's why I'm not that not always so sympathetic to Chloe um it's the same with Jordan where I'm kind of like no she shouldn't have done that that was a bad move you know like that was her best friend's sister and and it was someone in the family so 
I don't actually feel that bad for Jordan either, to be honest. I, but oh, I also, Oh, uh, me either, but I totally yeah. understand what you're saying, but I also think yeah. there's almost humanity in that. Cause I can recognize an abject yeah. failure in morality in a moment that involves family because it's like, yes. wow, that you're wrong, Chloe, you're wrong. Kind of in, in certain ways yes. for handling this, even if I don't fully agree with Jordan, but it's yes. almost refreshing to see somebody be blatantly wrong and reactionary yes. than somebody it's like Chris Jenner of it all of like, we are nice to the men in our lives that have screwed us over for the children. We are nice yeah. to the men. You know, like I almost like yes. that she made a mistake. Yeah. And I don't know enough about how Chloe, I actually probably should like brush up on what happened in the fallout. All I, all I kept up with was that it happened. And I remember being like, damn Jordan, like that sucks because like she and Kylie were very cute. They were a great duo. Um, yeah. I remember she, life of Kylie. I thought it was, Oh, sorry. Do you need to, do you no, 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 no. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Like I never saw life of Kylie, but I heard it's like very interesting and very like cyborgy as well. Oh, totally. That's what yeah. I mean. There's like this detachment. And, you know, when people are using private jets like we would an Uber and like, to, you know, because there was like a romance between her and Travis and, a you know, their private jet. She's flying here. And I'm like, this is oh, wow. so off the charts weird. Like, this is just weird when we're using PJs like I would use an Uber to go see a woman and yeah. she's sneaking off to go see Travis in a private jet. You know, That's it's like that. So, the wow. scaling of their lives are just it, completely insane. Um, yes. Kim this week, uh, you know, this was the big launch of Skins, right? This is yes. the, the makeup line. Yeah. She already has Skims, wildly successful, which I didn't realize until recently that Kanye was the one that introduced her to the person that is that. I don't know if that's correct or not, but I read something oh, where yeah, he yeah, had yeah. had a hand in helping, you know, launch Skims. But yeah. it's completely uh, it's I think it's a great product and a great idea from everybody that I've talked to women that wear it. But the skin line is different. Um, mm -hmm. But just in terms of attacking the promotional tour of the skin line, she was on, uh, I think, the Today Show yesterday and all of this. And yeah. I always found it interesting that a couple of weeks ago, we got the episode where now that she's more freely talking about Pete of... You know where me and Pete really bond is skincare. Yes. Pete loves skincare. He yes. that's what we geek out about. We do facials. He he I fell asleep at 8:30, put pimple cream on my nose. Yeah. Sweetest thing I've ever now to me it's like, listen, I think Pete is an attractive dude. Obviously, yeah. you know, doesn't need my compliments, but um I found I was like, is this true or is this like my skincare is coming up? So I'm going to say. This relationship that we're all curious about, we do love to focus on skincare. Yeah, no, totally good catch. It's a, it was such a little nugget. Um, and that's where it's like the dilemma of I'm inclined to read that as another example of brilliant Kardashian storytelling and therefore marketing. It's marketing and storytelling um, that slips in those little things. That episode specifically also referenced age and aging a lot and talked about loving being 40 and it's empowering and you got you get you have good sex and like yeah, you yeah, get best on sex of your life is after 40 mj yes. says yeah yeah exactly and like the you, that's when she did the sports illustrated cover that was a very successful cover and so um that's an example of like a really effective and I think curated episode, but my partner would say potentially, I mean, she respects like my approach, but she also might be like, well, maybe he just, it's true. And then it's convenient. And then it's like a fact that they like skincare and it funnels in well to their larger narrative, but it's also rooted in truth. So we never really know, but I find the most interesting things to be the deconstruction of 
that episode? Why is she talking about skincare in an episode about, you know, reclaiming your aging process? You know, it's yeah, I, I almost, I almost didn't even catch that one until, yeah. you know, like I watched it. I was like, okay. But then I was like, oh wait, she has a skincare line coming out. She has, yes. this. you know, it's very interesting how they'll do these subtle. Like now I think it's way more subtle than it used to be in the beginning. And they would actually outwardly say, I want to be huge. I want to yes. be this. I want to be this. And now it's, you know, even in the reframing of how Kim, like I said on the show, this guy said, I want to be so rich one day where I get to say things like, I need to tune the negativity out. I need <laughs> to tune, you know, it's like negativity yes. uh, does not exist for billionaires. It's like that. Then you yes. get to a point where you're like, I can't have any other voices. Kim right. let us know many times that this is, but then I always say, well, then I know you use social media as a tool, but maybe give that over to a team and stay off social media entirely. Like it's right. this, I always wonder if they're caught in this animal as well, yeah, this machine, for sure. you know, totally. And like, I've always wondered if there's, if I've wondered if they're still the ones behind their social medias, um, everyone has a different opinion on that, but what is interesting too, and this funnels back into our conversation about, um, the effectiveness of their storytelling, they have used social media as a tool to stage dramas, to promote the show. Like when there was that least interesting or exciting to look at moment, um, they promoted the episode with those fights, uh, <laughs> with, with the crazy Twitter fight that was so corny and so very uncanny, like reading it felt like you knew you're reading something that like some intern wrote. And it was like, <laughs> it, like, I do care about my kids. What's so wrong with that? Hashtag keeping up with the Kardashians. They were, they are adding each other, but it was like a very obviously staged conflict. And that's where it's like we even read that and we know like this seems like it's promo for the show because it's like doesn't it's just the way it's written is just too too canned yeah but it still gets the the gist across and so i'm this piece that i'm working on right now on a crazy deadline i talk about how walt disney has a quote something like um all cartoons and fantasy has to be exaggeration and caricature that's the nature of uh something like storytelling and fables or something like that and the idea is that people need the the, the broader strokes they, to get the gist of a story that's how it like is memorable and becomes almost myth so like we all remember that that fight that whole drama for the kardashians because there was a catchphrase least interesting least exciting to look at and then they really like gave us the broad strokes of the dilemma like courtney wanted out of the, the system and kim was really angry it was so dramatic that it the memory of it lasted um and so there's going to be things like that now like that's what i think with the donda era it's like we just remember a blur of like balenciaga julia fox like kim not saying much kim passing the baby bar these big things but we know okay there was drama there so i don't know what's next for them um but i do think people probably be i don't know how this answer is what you said but we'll be part of the skin thing somehow down the road probably yeah i mean i just felt i was like why does this keep getting brought up then in yes. the show and now in interviews yes. and just if you pay attention to the kardashians like nothing is by accident you know yes. like I, I even if they're being real it's still not by accident even kim yesterday and her in social media showed yeah. her kids fighting with each other yes. what a normal kind of thing and i'm like yeah. but she still chose to show us this like we choose on social media to show our picture perfect lives yes. when we're crumbling on the inside most of the time yeah, well that's a trickle down effect so that's the thing that's what's also interesting about mm. them and people like to kind of act like they're so distant from us and they are in a certain elite sense but the, because they they reflect and they're using all the technologies that we also use um 
there's a trickle down to like how we all live. They're just doing it on a really high scale. Like the curation of our lives, the fact that like my life is like kind of a mess right now, but like, I'm not going to show that on Instagram. They have more going on than they're showing. Like they're creating narratives <laughs> that are effective to sell shit. So like we're doing our own <laughs> versions of it. Oh know? dude. Like I like, there's like 24 hours a day. I want to go on Instagram. But, like I am in deep emotional pain yes. right now, you guys, but here's a funny meme. So, you know, secretly I'm in pain because what yes. normal person does this, but it, you know, it's like this, yes. you know, it, it, I just like, I can't imagine. Then you look at these examples of like, yeah. I will, I can never get to that point. I could never like, this used to be aspirational, these yeah. people. And now it's gotten to a point where it's not even in the realm of aspirational. It's so far, it's like in Mars, but also even the stuff they have to put up with to get to that point. I don't know if I could withstand any of yeah. that kind no. of slings and arrows. Oh my God, no. Well, that's the thing. So like, if they showed us everything, we, they would they know they would lose us. So they compress, maybe it's like they compress certain truths into a good package, like Chloe's, the, the dissolution of Chloe's like family into a really great finale episode that like leaves on a cliffhanger and like she like took one for the team to give some real drama to this like otherwise very branded season um that's a lot of work that's a that is a lot of work to compress it and curate it and and plan it like that um and it's like I said it's hard to be a good writer it's hard to master narrative so I will give them that but they're also you know they're fine they're doing fine I don't know why they keep going I did. That's the other thing too, is that like at a certain point we're now entering like, well, it's like greed at a certain point I feel because I mean, you can throw prison reform and things like that, but like you also made a point of Kim Kardashian being a superhero and superheroes save one person usually at a time. And so it's almost then like highlights the person saving this person as well. But I feel like I love, like, I think like, well, that's great. She does not have to do that. She doesn't have to be a lawyer as well. She doesn't have to do all of these things, even though they also fit into kind of a, she also knows it fits into a deeper narrative where now we're, we're going to, we're going for legend. We're going for, right. we're going for a different type of Marilyn Monroe, which I always yep. found with the funny in the dress. Like we're doing yes. wild big things. But I also, then I was like, now I just feel like this show is be like a make a wish foundation for Kim where it's like, yeah, I don't like, I know we're supposed to be proud of you. Like SNL was a big deal. Like I know you, you know, like, but yeah. week after week, it's like, what, well, what about my life? Like, yeah. I, what am I doing with my life? Like yeah. I, you get like, it's like hit after hit. Yeah. I don't even know where you go in a next season of this. Like, I mean, yes. already they're filming obviously. So all of yeah. this will be like, you know, I was like the Maryland thing will be in it. The yes. all of, but I just think like, True. are we, going tomorrow. I, I bet a friend a thousand dollars that Kim will run for some sort of office in the next 10 years. I firmly yes. believe it. Right. Like there's yeah. no doubt. Governor of California or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree. It is kind of like, where are we going with this? There was something Scott said in, in C in this new season where he was like, she's the most beautiful one. She's the most famous woman in the world for being the most beautiful woman in the world. And it was such a, um, declarative statement. And it's like, honestly, yeah, we're there now. Like Kim is, a, I think she's a living legend already, but then where, where do you go at some point? Does it just collapse? And there is a very American thing about their depictions of upward mobility and like their selling of that American dream myth that like, if you just keep working, you keep going and you keep escalating um, or elevating, I guess. Um, well, both actually. Um, and the thing is about these big things she's doing and how it's constant is to be an icon in this era 
you have to, it's, that's the requirement is to be everything to everyone all the time in a way, because there, everything is so fractured now. Um, and there's like micro niches everywhere and there's so many platforms and it's all, um, chaos in a different way. Media was more centralized through America before this weird moment we're in of new media. So to be like a new media icon, you do have to be this like fractal of everything that Kim is. That's why she dresses up as so many other people. And it's why she's like literally has a brand and everything now. And so she's doing, she's following, she's creating a formula that is only possible today to be and an so icon. Funny, she, she, and she, and she fully admits she does not have her yeah. own personal style. She fully admits yes. that I, you know, I found it fascinating to go like, but I will learn, but I yes. will work hard and learn, you know, and it's like, yes. I, always, I, I came up as an actor in Los Angeles and it was always yeah. like the people that were oblivious, like I can't act, but I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep taking classes. I'm going to keep trying. I'm never going to be, but I'm good looking. I know that. Yes. And they, those yes. people that just never gave up ended up going places. It was like, yeah. not, you didn't have to have that talent. Um, as we start winding down, yeah. uh, two more ideas if I can. One, uh, there was a, a, a Chris Jenner's, uh, one of her security guards, she's in a lawsuit with, yeah. uh, I think they put out like some kind of statement that I always found fascinating. I've been talking about the last couple of weeks of Chris Jenner is addicted to horror, to the horror of it all, to almost yeah. permit these men to in, not encourage or entice, but there is this element of why does she let these men do as much as they do to her daughters? There is like, she's yeah. addicted to watching the horror of her own family because she knows it pushes all of the other fractals of their businesses. Um, do you think there's any credence to this theory of like somebody truly addicted to uh, like a David Cronenberg pain on a national <laughs> scale of watching family members go through this and being able to pull them through the storm? my God, I love that reference because that gets into Baudrillard. He's like my go-to philosopher with my count um, has a whole, I need to have a go-to philosopher. My God, oh my God. I'll, we'll find one together. Yes, please. Like, yeah. we'll do a book club. You're like, you um, get Dr. Seuss. You get, Dr. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he does an analysis of, of a Cronenberg film actually, but, um, that's an interesting theory. That's a theory that that's an example of things we can take from what we see them do. And then it can become its own speculative, you know, discourse. But I will say as a writer, even though I don't write creatively that much, I do nonfiction. Mostly I've had fantasies. I guess you're all hearing it here first in case I ever one day write this of like a kind of scary story about his family system, like the Kardashians on a reality TV type of landscape. And there's a momager or like a matriarchal figure with power that has been, you know, the Kris Jenner figure who the whole family believes are engineering things as a team. But then there's like that one member that is engineering things secretly to like fuck with the team. In, and so like everyone thinks they're in it yeah. together, but there's like that, like that, like rogue person. I probably the one with the authority who like will throw in that. So per my joke about Kris Jenner, like, planted Tristan's the you know the girl yeah the girl I don't yeah. actually believe I don't believe that but like in like you know the fantastical like horror story element that would be an interesting thought in reality what I think is um Chris has a very live and let live attitude she's lived a lot of lives like my, I didn't read her memoir my sister did my sister is like Chris Jenner has a oh, I just a, got it last week actually I just got it yeah you, yeah apparently I need to read it I, I it sounds like you should read it my sister really recommends it and it's of course very curated it's not like the real real stuff it's not but there yeah, are yeah, yeah. you know there are because like Chris Jenner will never tell us the actual business 
underpinnings of what she does. Like other people do the like head of Nike did a memoir and he talked a lot about building the business and like what all that meant. And Oh, I love, yeah. Shoe dog or something like that. Yeah. 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 I don't think we're going to really get anything like that. Her masterclass was just a bunch of catchphrases apparently. Okay. That's when it, when is the flipping masterclass coming out? Because I was like, I'm in, I want to know what this masterclass is all about. And then they don't even have it ready for the the commercial on the TV. Of course. No. And so it's like, I don't trust her to really give us the real insight, but regardless, <laughs> the memoir does tell, tell us she went through a lot of wildlife events. So I think she has a high threshold for just like chaos. And I think she probably does know that it's good content, but I think it's also this thing of like, they are very careful about the men in their lives. So they but don't careful in this bad way. Like they're, they're yes. very, it's almost like they choose very particularly bad people in the long run. Yeah. Like even Scott, there is this desensitized of like, ah, oh, I like making money. It's great. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I just want to be a part of it. Come on. Don't cut me out. Like, he's, but he's <laughs> almost resigned. Amazing. Yeah. He's almost resigned to the fact that this is his existence now. And I will not push further yeah. than this point you know like they almost watch him fall apart on a yearly basis and it's content year after year yeah yeah well the whole scott analysis is his own conversation because he he he's he's like the court jester he's good at making fun he's got a comfort with he can make any scene good he can make any scene like okay that's that's acceptable similar chloe talent at that um yeah you know he shows up and does what needs to be done for the moment but he also, you can't like fake like the impact that addiction has on someone and how they act. So like he would bring in similar to Kanye in this way, like stuff that wasn't so convenient. It's not good to stuff, you know, a wad of bills into a waiter's mouth the way he did in Vegas in a very early episode. And that's when they were still like, Oh, you know, a hokey family sitcom reality show. Um, But he would do that. And so I think they eventually realized like, Oh, this is still good content. And like, it's crazy. It's kind of amazing to me that he allowed them to use that stuff. Like, how did that work? Seeing himself behave that way. Some of those episodes where he was like being hauled up the stairs by a security guard, like so drunk, like that's rock bottom shit. And he allowed, and it's like, what were those conversations? Like, was he like, don't use this, but he signed the contract. So they're gonna, or it can't I think he's like- the only one that's not a producer on the show now. Right. So, uh, you know, they're like, whatever. And I think, you know, I think it's worked out well for him in some ways. He'll keep telling himself financially yes. and to like, I think there's really like, not manipulation, but there is this thing of like, well, this is my family. This is right. my family, you know? Yeah. And yeah, they really are his only family. And, and yeah, he even, even though there's been such exposure of that stuff will constantly say like, I have a career because of them. I have a life because of them. He, he will like give them that credit, but it's been a gnarly journey for him. So I'm very interested actually. And actually the Scott, um, factor and like what it's been like for him to see his like worst moments documented. Cause like Chloe, yeah, she like gave her, she threw her Tristan thing for the show and they curated it nice for her, but they don't really show their rock bottoms in that way that we've seen drama, we've seen scandal, but we haven't seen like raw. Yeah, it's all, it's know? all whispers and things that we can assume and, you know, yeah. and just uh, to wrap up the, the Chris Jenner yeah. thing, it's like, we will never, I don't know if we've ever seen the real Chris Jenner on this show, yeah. which I mean, we always, yes. you know, she's almost mytho- uh, mythologized as well. It's like, yeah, it's hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. Oh yeah. Cause you know, the goofy grandma that we see on this, the, these shows is not the one that is part of multiple billion dollar deals. Like just, right. that's not how business works. So I would yes. love to one day get the real oh my Chris Jenner. Cause it would just be fast. Cause she's so 
good. I mean, I just know she's got to be like insanely good in how she handles people that we're oh not God. seeing on the show. Uh, sure, we didn't even sure. get to Kravis, which you had a great uh, idea of like the way they self mythologize themselves oh, yes. or the way they talk about like, oh, we're so Sinatra. We're so Rat Pack, babe. <laughs> and the over-sexualization of a relationship that I mean, I'm all for like, I'm all I'm happy. She's happy. But it is yeah. funny how comfortable she is with him in terms of, uh, you know, bumping uglies all the time. You know? <laughs> no, so interesting. They do their their legacy will be how they self mythologize. And they also align themselves with like great couples, iconic moments, mid-century, like you know iconography um and then their story on the show was largely extremely intimate surpassing sexy fun romantic pda they like it's everything with the kardashian is extreme so suddenly with kravis like we've been seeing their pda oh it's cute i think a lot of people were down for kravis in the beginning and then it was like we're gonna see this journey that is like the furthest conclusion to sexuality like reproduction so there is such interesting stuff to analyze about yeah no i mean can, it's, you know it, no it's, it's just so there's so much to talk about i didn't get to i think i got to 10 percent of the things or ideas <laughs> that i wanted to speak with you but this is how good she is you guys she has oh. a patreon that you can support you can go read articles you can go watch the youtube series and i don't know this is something i why do you call i want to be a writer you are a writer i don't what do you mean like do you mean like i want to make a million from it like what do you what do you mean because i'm like you are a writer like people look up to you you. in your writing like i wonder just why you classified it like that Uh, that that didn't make sense earlier but i i mean you're a writer Thank you. My partner says that too. I was getting a lot of pitches rejected and just like kind of not getting into like, no one was kind of, I was knocking on the door a lot of like publishing and not really getting a break, but no, this Vogue column was a blast. I I hope that I keep coming back with them and um, people are starting to give me more of a chance. So I, I guess I'll feel more like an actualized writer when I'm able to get my stuff out there more. Uh, yeah, I know. I get, no, I totally get that. I mean, like yes. listen, I was, I couldn't fall asleep because I was so nervous to talk to you because I just, oh there was, I was so excited to talk because really I just geek out on your work in the best way and you legitimize uh, what people like me do. And, you oh know, you're, gosh. you're able to really, I'm very proud to be a part of the Kardashian economy because of people like you, uh, Thank really you. just, you know, make me think further and harder about these things that I think are worth deciphering. So you guys, I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes. You go support, you already know her, I'm sure. But if you don't, this is somebody that actually, uh, really takes you through something and why you should be paying attention to this, especially if you love any of these things, reality shows, pop culture, the law, sports, music, it covers everything. You do not have to love somebody to respect them and pay attention and learn from them. So MJ Corey Kardashian uh, Colloquium, which I keep mispronouncing all the time, but uh, um, is there anything else to look forward to for you? Um, There is probably going to be future stuff with Vogue and maybe a book down the road and this was just a blast. We should do a part two sometime and get do, even please. Deeper. I mean, anything. Yes. If you need a test subject for any kind of, you can hook me up to things and do a research project <laughs> where I just watch 48 hours of Kardashians. Well, yeah, please. I would love to talk to you Thank again. You. This has been a true joy. Thank you. Thank you. Five, four. Betches.